Our third and final reading for this morning is from the Gospel of St. John. In the account that we are about to read, it's important to note that this takes place just a day, or maybe two at the most, a day after Jesus' miraculous feeding of the 5,000. You may remember that story where Jesus fed, uh, took five loaves of bread and, and two fish and fed the, the multitude of people that had come to flock around him and, and listen to him, and then still had tons of, of leftovers remaining. Well, after that miracle, Jesus and his disciples made their way across the lake to Capernaum. And the next day, some of the people that had been there for that miraculous feeding said, uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to know this Jesus some more. And so they decide to track him, dra- track him down, seek him out, and they make their way eventually over to Capernaum where they do find him. And that's where our story, or the, where we then pick up this story. This is the initial part of the conversation then that Jesus has with them. And we are blessed to eavesdrop on this conversation. So we read, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the Word of God, the Gospel of our Lord, and the the basis of my sermon, our consideration this morning. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, for a number of years now, I would say there has been a growing health consciousness in America, if not all over the world. And with that greater emphasis on and attention to our health and matters of health, a plethora of diet plans and programs have, have arisen to help you achieve your physical goals, whatever they may be. And even if you don't follow a specific or official diet plan, I'm sure we all still realize the importance of eating healthy and having a good diet. 
Of course, whether we follow that may be a different story, but at least we all know the importance of eating, right? Well, when it comes to our spiritual lives, a good diet is just as important, if not more important. But here again, there's there's a plethora of so-called spiritual diets out there to entice you. But my friends, there is only one diet, spiritual diet, that actually works for you and me. Only one diet that truly gives you good, lasting spiritual health. And that, of course, is the diet that Jesus talks about here in this text. Because here he reveals himself as the bread of life, the best diet your soul could ever have. And as we hear Jesus talk about and describe this diet, we hear, first of all, the goal that he has in mind of this diet, namely nothing less than eternal life itself. And we hear, secondly, the content or the food of this diet, which is nothing more than Jesus himself. So people of God understand that the message here is very simple. Jesus, the bread of life, is the best diet your soul could ever have. So every diet has its goal or goals, whether it's losing weight, you know, lowering your cholesterol, avoiding the carbs, or whatever the goal may be. And similarly, uh, Jesus has a very specific goal in mind for the diet he tells us about, and it is nothing less than eternal life for you and me. What did he say at the very beginning to those people? He said, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Now, did you first of all note that little bit of chastisement in the way Jesus spoke to them at the very beginning? I think it probably caught them a little off guard. They had gone way out of their way to track him down. This was no small trip to go across the lake or around the lake or however they get there. They got there. They sought him out, not as enemies. They didn't come with clubs in hand to harass or hurt him. They didn't even come with trick questions to try to trap him in some way. They came as faithful followers, disciples. And yet Jesus has a little note of chastisement for them. Why? Because he knew what was in their heart in coming to seek him. It's as if he was saying, yeah, you're seeking me out, but it's for all the wrong reasons. You just want, your, you just want me around to fill your bellies and, and heal your sick. You just want me, me to make a life a little more tolerable for you here in Galilee. But people, that's just food that spoils. But you know, don't you, that Jesus' chastising word is never his final word. And in his love and compassion for those people, he, he gently redirects them to a spiritual diet with a much better goal, that goal of eternal life. It's as if he was then saying to them, listen, folks, you just want a good life? For a short time here on earth? 
Hey, I've got something better for you. I've got a great life in mind for you, a life that is forever in the glories of heaven with God, where you won't need these miracles of feeding of 5,000. You won't need these great miraculous healings. I've got eternal life in mind for you. That's what I want you to seek me out for. Now, I don't know about you, but I, for one, can relate to these people. I'm seeking out Jesus. But more often than I care to admit, I'm seeking him out with the prayer, Lord, help me deal with this life. Right? Just look at my prayer life. Lord, help me, help me keep my job. Lord, please help my 401k go back up in value because I certainly don't want to depend on my kids to take care of me. Oh, that would be awful. Lord, keep me healthy. Help me get feeling better. I got a trip ahead of me. Help me have a safe trip. Basically, it's, it's Lord, keep my belly full. Keep me healthy. And why don't you just make my life a bed of roses while I'm here, please? Now, now, let me be absolutely clear here, people. God graciously invites us to pray for all the things that we need here on earth. You've got to know that, that God is more than happy to hear your prayers. And he's more than happy to give you the things that you need, if not necessarily what you want. Even in, has that in the Lord's prayer, right? Give us this day our daily bread. And you know that that means everything that belongs to the supports and wants of the body, Right? But we also need to remember the way, the, the thing that Paul, I think, summarized it best when he said, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, ah, we are to be pitied more than all men. No matter how many earthly blessings we can be privileged to receive from God, all of those things will disappear on that day we draw our last breath. And so it is that Jesus wants to remind you and me today, the same thing he reminded those people back then, that he has something better in mind for us, a better life, a life with God in heaven where there will be no more hunger or thirst, no more pain or crying, no more sickness, not even any more death. He has eternal life to give you. That's what he wants you and me to seek him out for. Eternal life, that is the awesome goal that Jesus' diet has in mind for us. And that's why it's one of the reasons why it's the best diet our souls could ever have. So now that we understand the goal of this diet plan that Jesus has in mind for us, that goal of eternal life, well, the next logical question was how do I achieve this goal? What's going to be the food of this diet that will help me get eternal life? And Jesus makes that very clear. It is himself. Nothing more than Jesus himself. For after, as the conversation goes on, we reach the climactic statement of Jesus at the very end where he says, I am the bread of life and whoever comes to me will never go hungry whoever believes in me will never be thirsty that's the food of this diet jesus himself 
Well, unfortunately, that's not the most popular diet plan out there in the spiritual marketplace, is it? It's not even the most natural one for us. Uh, When those people heard Jesus talk about eternal life, what was their first most natural question? Lord, what must I do? What must I do? And that, people of God, is still the most popular question, uh, most, yeah, most popular question, most popular spiritual diet that we have out there, even perhaps among us. I challenge you, go do a survey. Go ask 100 people out there. When you die, are you going to go to heaven? And I bet most people, if not all, will answer, yeah, I'm going to heaven. At least those who believe there is an afterlife, most people are not going to think they're going to hell, they're going to heaven. But then ask them why. Why do you think you're going to heaven? And I bet most of them will say something like, I bet I've, I think I've been a pretty good person. Right? They might even couch it in Christian terms. I'm a good Christian. I go to church regularly. I give my offerings. I participate and help out around the church. I try to live by the Ten Commandments as the best I can, follow Jesus' example. But people of God, you've got to understand that's just a marshmallow fluff diet. Have you ever had marshmallow fluff? Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. It's appealing, but zero nutritional value for you, just like our good works and the things that we could do to and offer to God have zero nutritional value in reaching good spiritual health and achieving that goal of, of, uh, of eternal life. And so, so Jesus says to us today what he said to those people back then, no, it's not about what you do. The work of God is simply this, to believe in me, to believe in the one God has sent. Well, unfortunately, those people still didn't quite get it, and they had yet another spiritual, misguided spiritual diet in mind. And that's when they bring up this whole business about uh, their forefathers in the desert and, and getting fed with the manna. It's as if they were saying, okay, Jesus, I understand it's not about what I do. It's, but if it's about what you do, then give us a sign that you are our new and improved Moses. To which Jesus stands there, I'm sure he was just shaking his head. No, guys, you still don't get it. You got it all wrong. First of all, it wasn't Moses who took care of you and fed you back then. Now, was it? It was God, the Father. And secondly, people, God still wants to feed you. Not now with manna, but the true bread who gives life to the world me. I'm not just the new and improved Moses, is what Jesus was saying. I am the new and improved manna, the true bread that gives life, true life to everyone in the world. Now, I wonder if sometimes as Christians, we are a little or get a little misguided about who Jesus really is and what he's about. As you see, for many, I'm afraid uh, Jesus is maybe nothing more than a good teacher, an example of how we should live. 
And for many, Christianity is nothing more than that old WWJD question, right? What would Jesus do? As if Christian faith is nothing more than just modeling our lives after Jesus, following the rules and regs of the Bible. And again, don't get me wrong, we should listen to Jesus' teaching, follow his example. But if that's the limit of your view of Jesus, the extent of your understanding of who he is for you, then once again, that's just a marshmallow fluff diet with no nutritional value. Jesus wants you to know he is not just your teacher, not just your example, but he is your savior. To put it in terms of of the text and of our theme, he's not just the doctor who's prescribing the, the diet to you, but he is the diet himself. He is the true bread that gives life to the world. And people of God, you got to understand that is no marshmallow fluff diet. You've got to know that Jesus is no marshmallow fluff diet because he and he alone lived the holy life, perfectly keeping God's law, not for his own sake, not that he could get good credit with God, but for your sake, so that you can stand before God now as holy and righteous in his sight. And you know that Jesus is not just a marshmallow fluff diet because he and he alone died as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world, which means for your sins. And that by his wounds, you are healed. Your sins stand forgiven. And you know Jesus is no marshmallow fluff diet because he rose from the dead and still lives today. And so the the shackles of death have been broken for all of us. And though we die, yet shall we live. No, this is no marshmallow fluff diet we're talking about when we talk about Jesus, the bread of life. He is the true bread that truly gives life to the world. So people of God, when your soul is hungry for eternal life, then let those words of Jesus ring loud and clear in your hearts. Hear him say to you, I am the bread of life. And then with those words ringing in your hearts, I guarantee you'll be satisfied, fully satisfied. That's Jesus' promise to you. He says, he who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Having feasted on the bread of life in faith, It will be like the end of a Thanksgiving meal, right? When you push yourself back from the table, hold the stomach of your souls and say, man, am I stuffed. I have all I need and ever will need in Jesus, the bread of life. There will be no more hunger or thirst for God's love. No more hunger and thirst for his forgiveness because you know you have it in Jesus. It is a done deal. Your salvation is in the bag. That goal of eternal life, though not yet realized, it's a done deal for us because we have Jesus, the bread of life. And when we have feasted on that bread of life, when we have in faith grasped on to Jesus, then what more do we need? Absolutely nothing. Jesus is the bread of life for you, life eternal. And people of God, you can't get a better diet than that. 
And for that good news, all God's people say, Amen. Amen.